Transform your home in one weekend with paint from Menards. Get a paint that combines durability and gorgeous color. Dutch Boys DuraClean Interior Paint and Primer in One offers Stay Clean technology, making your home stay beautiful and clean longer. And with Dutch Boys Easy Opening Smooth Pouring Container, transforming your home has never been easier. Save big money on Dutch Boy paints and head into Menards to get your paint project started today. Save big money at Menards. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Happy Wednesday evening, everybody. It is November 18th here on Wednesday. It is the Wrestling Inc. podcast as we just wrapped up another Fun edition of NXT and AEW Dynamite, so a lot of fun stuff to dive into as both shows, Raj Geary, who is the co-host at the moment, uh, both shows, I think, very you know stellar uh, stellar two hours. Yeah, I thought so, too. I thought um, NXT didn't feel like they were on cruise control. They felt like they were they were trying this week, like they were actually looking to, to pop a rating, uh, and AEW, I thought, was super entertaining like from top to bottom so i thought i thought both shows were really good nxt with you know the return of the undisputed era at the end and and everything with a little bit of an overrun i thought a, a strong night yeah that's good to mention nxt did end up getting a five minute overrun uh having that flexibility with usa they're actually they ran they're running the undertaker as we speak uh, last ride so again and then uh miz and maurice afterwards so some some right. wb uh executive produced material that they can uh, i guess kind of edit down or fudge around on the uh on the dial uh, i'm justin labar uh we hope matt morgan is gonna be coming on here shortly matt of course very busy so we give him always a, a little bit of a pass as uh <laughs> <laughs> exactly what time he wants to hit the ring uh so hopefully he'll pop up here at any point but we didn't want to leave you guys hanging and waiting we know you're patient looking forward to talking some wrestling so we want to go ahead and give it to you uh raj let's kick it off with dynamite again it should be note you know we know dynamite's building to not a pay-per-view but a big episode on, on um December 2nd, where we're going to see the Moxley title match against Omega. And then we would also find out here from NXT tonight that they are going to have, a couple of days later, a War Games pay-per-view. So both shows really in kicking it in gear, knowing that they only have a couple weeks here to get all these stories in place. And I think that really came across uh, as we'll get into. But let's start with AEW Dynamite. And uh, we kick it off where uh, the Young Bucks are going to have a non-title match against Top Flight. Uh, so they show a video package uh, introducing you who Top Flight is. We're talking uh, talking to Dante and Darius Martin, 19 and 21, respectively, real-life brothers. Uh, and they talk about how they've, you know, they, they grew up watching the Young Bucks and, 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 and watching the Motor Study Machine Guns and kind of idolizing these kind of tag teams. And, you know, they, they talk about how big of a deal it was when, when Matt Jackson, you know, actually responded and started texting to them and, and leading to them getting involved with AEW. So 
setting up um, you know setting up a good feel good story of these of who these new guys are, and then to follow suit the match you'd expect. Uh, the Young Bucks certainly gave a uh, considerable amount of offense, Raj, uh, to Top Flight, uh, and in the end, the right thing happened. The Young Bucks uh, get the victory, but again, uh, certainly helped try to make and establish this new tag team. Yeah, I thought I thought Top Flight looked great. I was really impressed. They're nineteen and twenty one. I mean, they're super young. And uh, they impressed the hell out of me. And, uh, you know, that's kind of a cool story. I could see um, I could see some people thinking that that story might take away a little bit. Like, you just need to send a tweet to, to get a spot on Dynamite or in AEW. But I didn't see it that way. I, I, I saw it like that movie. Um, you're a Steelers guy. Uh, who was the guy what? that... What's that? You think, are you talking about the uh, rock star? No, no. Mark Wahlberg was in that movie. Uh, yeah. Not Rockstar. Maybe I'm not thinking Mark Wahlberg. Uh, the football player who uh, they just didn't oh, he try was, out. Oh, he, oh, he was an Eagles player. Oh, Eagles player. Right, right, right. Yeah. I think also might have been Mark Wahlberg. Because I know what you're yeah, talking about. That's what about. I thought. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, Mark, like Invincible or? Maybe. Because Mark, it's funny because Mark Wahlberg was also where he's the, the, the guy who's in the cover band. Ended up getting to join the right. real band. And he's actually from Pittsburgh. <laughs> that's, why <I> thought, <laughs> that's, where that's why I thought you were going. You guys got all the... Uh... <laughs> the feel good stories right <laughs> but yeah i thought it was kind of like that kind of a it was a cool story like these guys got this opportunity they look great uh the match was really good the young bucks gave them a lot and uh and then yeah they were attacked at the end by gosh I, i'm i'm blanking the uh the video game uh demo guys um uh jack evans and, and helico yeah and so that that should be a cool feud it gives them all something to do so yeah, should be yeah, should be cool. very much screams like it's gonna be an AEW dark kind of feeling. Yeah, and Jack Evans versus Top Flight, but nonetheless, a spot is a spot. And if you got a contract, then absolutely, that's great. Uh, shout out to Andrew Tom for a four ninety nine super chat. Nothing to say, just throwing money at us like we're uh, up here stripping or something. Thank you, thank you guys. Um, yeah, so real happy for Top Flight. These guys. It was also noted too, and I'll, I want to give a cheap plug. Uh, trained by uh, Molly Holly and uh, Mr. Ken Anderson uh, at, at Ken's wonderful facility called the Academy. It's a wrestling school up in Minneapolis. I've actually gone there, toured it. I've took some bumps and worked with Ken. It is, and it really is. I mean, it's not the size or the, you know, like a performance center or something like that, but it is a really cool facility in terms of what he's got in addition to a wrestling ring. The things he has for promos and the promo area he has, and obviously, you know, a great guy to teach you promos is Ken Anderson. So, uh, if you're ever aspiring to get into wrestling and you want to get, you can get to Minneapolis. Um, uh, plug there. Apparently, my prodigy internet is uh, is uh, doing a number on my video. Do, uh, you look fine to me. Do I look fine to you? No, you look blurry. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me ahead of time. Well, we were. Well, no, you, no, actually, it just started getting blurry once we got going. Oh, weird. Yeah, it is weird. I wonder if it's my browser. Uh. How is this possible? You have built an empire (laughs) on the internet before most people were using the internet. What is happening here, Raj? It looks perfect on my end. I look great. Looking dashy. But anyway. You look like like I'm watching, like, I don't know, Todd Grisham on, like, WWE Bite This 20 years ago or something. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Another super chat. Oh, Andrew's saying something this time before 99. Can't AEW come up with more of their own championships? The NWA women's title is defended more than their own. Well, you know, I will say this. I do feel like the a- the NWA women's attention feels more important, yes, than the AEW women. But I do think that – I think there's an opportunity here. Obviously, the NWA has, you know, really kind of – has been on pause for the majority of this pandemic. And obviously, they were hit with some some of their own 
behind the scenes problems with personnel with, with you know Dave Lagana stepping down uh, amid accusations. So I, I think this is an opportunity. Maybe some kind of business deal was struck between Billy Corgan and Tony Khan to keep that NWA name relevant, keep the talent working, and maybe keep his door open for a crossover down the line. Which is weird because they, you know, they are these the NWA women's title seems to be getting uh, more of a focus than their own women's title. And um, yeah. I don't know. I just think that's a weird thing. I, Thunder Rosa, you know, is going to be a free agent next year, I believe. And uh, there's Marty Bell is now a free agent. Just seems like there's a, there's a lot of good talent out there. Yeah. Marty Bell is great talent. Um, Andrew back at it this time on the YouTube show. <laughs> 299. Raj is being hacked by Ali. Damn you, Ali. <laughs> retribution yeah oh god taking over my feed that's why i do the wednesday night shows so i don't have to talk about retribution <laughs> uh raj needs to upgrade his copy surf sad i know all these references but uh there we go <laughs> that's the one that uh, the email addresses were like one nine seven six eight ten you know at compuserve.com i think I'm expecting to hear the. Uh, I'm expecting to hear the sound of the phone dialing up here in a second from you. <laughs> right. All right. Uh, up next was the first of the two installments of the uh, Inner Circle goes to Vegas, aka the Inner Circle cosplays the Hangover. But uh, and I say that with a sarcastic tone, but it, that's what I kind of thought would it be, anyways. But right. it's funny. Everybody quotes the Hangover. It's like one of those. It's 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 like this. This generation's Animal House. I mean, even though it's like ten years old, it's just that it's just one of those movies everybody knows. So it's a good one to to go with because everybody gets it. Yeah, um, there were there were a couple of people on Twitter that I saw that hadn't seen The Hangover. They were just super confused. So oh my, if you haven't seen The Hangover, that is a problem. You're you're really not sure what's happening. Right. Uh, before we before we get into that, I guess we'll do uh, Jody Shauna Jenkins uh, Canadian Five Bucks. To me, AEW has stalled the last couple of weeks, a month and a half ago or more. I didn't want to miss it, but now meh. It does feel like it's missing that big feud, that that heated feud that you know you had Cody and MJF before Kenny Omega and and Adam Page. I don't know. It's on. It seems like it's on hold now. Um, I I could see that, but uh, you know we got a couple weeks till the the Moxley Omega match, and I think they're they're pacing. But but we'll see. But I do get that point. I do get your point. The shows have been super entertaining. But not like, oh, I got, I can't. What's going to happen next week? And I, yeah, yeah, I, I think, um, and I do think there's some issues. I think, I think some of it does stem from the world title picture, which uh, Moxley has a promo, which we'll get to in a minute. Which you know, it's a, it's a good promo, but it's not what anybody's talking about, right? I mean, I don't know. Which we'll get to in a second, but um, so yeah. So uh, and see- real quick, in that uh, that Hangover parody, they had a Conan had a cameo. <laughs> right uh, so yeah so we end up seeing that they're all there and they're and they're they're all they're playing blackjack and then we see mjf and jericho at the bar they're just one-upping each other on ordering you know they start out with you know like buttery nipples and now they they ended up just drinking <laughs> just straight grain alcohol um and then we see them kind of you know they're staggering and stumbling walking being propped up everybody and then they run into uh, conan who says that he's got the best stuff and then we cut to them all coming out of a smoke-filled limousine, uh, you know, high as high as can be. And then we, uh, then they back into a bar, more drunk, more high. And then we see Wardlow and Hager, who never stop staring at each other at any point, which is a great little, <laughs> a great little catch. And then they proceed to try to one up each other with who can hit, who can knock out more, you know, random bar patrons. Um, 
And then they end up continuing to stumble down the uh, the sidewalk with a to be continued. So more to come. Yeah, uh, I am. <laughs> yeah, there was that line. Uh, Conan said, "I see a dragon," and then uh, Jericho said, "Dragons aren't real." Whoa, a dragon! After getting out of that smoke filled limo. So, Oops. Oh, so sorry. Go ahead. Sorry. No, no, I was queuing up the the super chat too. Yeah. Uh, Steve Engel and five dollars. Raj, cue the blinding lights to celebrate the weekend getting the Super Bowl halftime. That's right. I did. Yeah. It. <laughs> we'll have to uh we'll do have to do a celebration closer to the super bowl <laughs> i like how that's become like your unofficial like theme song <laughs> uh uh kasawi up pierre antoine saying omega looks like a blonde tony montana huh? again love the appearance love the entrance tonight um i feel like he's getting closer to just kind of Getting somewhere uh, of, a, of, a, of an yeah, identity. But, yeah, it was better than him not coming out in his gym, you know, his gym shorts and a t-shirt. So it looked much better. He looked yeah, like a star. When, yeah, and when I say identity again, I know I'm just talking about here, and I'm just talking about in AEW. I know he's, you know, I'm not talking about New Japan. I'm just saying it, se- it seems like since he's gotten to AEW, which is the first time he's been on regular, you know, regularly booked national television in America, it's it's been a struggle to find what's cl- uh, something that clicks is what I'm yeah getting. and he kind of had more of that look that he had uh before his uh his match with tanahashi like he yeah. when he was doing the promos with tanahashi it kind of kind of reminded me of that that vibe uh we see a kind of a trailer for an AEW boundless by director x and it's a a video package kind of talking about uh basically kind of how AEW's kind of come to be essentially uh in this first year and 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 we hear from Cody, we hear from from Britt Baker, we hear from you know a, a lieu of people. Uh, I'm sure if you search, if you missed it, I'm sure that they put the package somewhere on their social media. You can check it out. Yeah, it was, it was a really cool package, and we have it up on Wrestling Inc. That was by Director X made that. Mm-hmm. So um, really cool stuff. So there you go. Click over to Wrestling Inc. <clears throat> Once you're done with us, and you can check that out. Yeah. Uh, then- uh, Tina Miller. Uh, <laughs> oh, we'll, we'll get to that. But Kenny Omega owns real clothes. Who knew? LOL. <laughs> uh, then we do get a promo from John Moxley. Uh, another, uh, you know, another really solid promo as he's uh, setting up his his match against uh, Kenny Omega. Fun fact: I realized today. Today uh, is the anniversary. It was in 2012 on this day in history that the Shield debuted. Yeah. So for you, Dean Ambrose, John Moxley, aficionados and biographers, Happy Shield Day. Happy Shield Day. Um, I'll never forget, too, because I was a huge fan of Ambrose as Moxley, and then I was a fan of him in the in FCW, and I was like, I, 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 probably pitched, I probably pitched on podcasts for like a year, a million ideas of how to get him to the quote-unquote main roster. And then for that week, it was Thanksgiving week, I actually, my entire family, we went to Hawaii. I completely unplugged, and then I came back only to learn that I missed Dean Ambrose. <laughs> it, you know what? It actually was... Eight years ago today that they debuted the Shield yeah. at the Survivor Series. Yeah, I didn't totally. know it was today, but yeah, I, I, ah, that's awesome. Um, so yeah, uh, congr- congratulations to John Moxie and Renee Young. Yeah, so that's the thing. So he cuts his promo. Oh, uh, sorry, a good Moxley <laughs> promo, but yeah, in, in there, very subtle. He just <laughs> drops the line of "I got a pregnant wife at home," and like literally, collectively, all of us because I'm watching everybody's social media timeline, all of us went. Like we're all like leaning closer to the screen, like rewinding. Like, did he say that? Right. He's like, hmm. <laughs> Wait, is that known? <laughs> right. So yeah. Uh, so Renee, obviously formerly known as Renee Young, uh, Renee Paquette, or Renee. What's what's her real last name? Is it Good? 
Pe- the, uh, yeah. Well, I don't. I don't know if she changed her name or not. Did she? Nonetheless, Renee. Yeah. The, Mrs. Moxley, the uh, former Renee Young. Former Renee Young. So they are uh, going to be. They are expecting. So, uh, it, which again, obviously, great for them. Um, I already thought the fact that they were not waiting until pay per view and they were deciding to put this on a dynamite. Which you know, again, you want to pop good ratings on a Wednesday night. I get that. The fact they were deciding to put this Moxley Omega match. So quickly on a dynamite, I, I, to me, I thought, okay, well, that screams to me that they probably want Omega to win. They have a plan of, of why they would go ahead and burn this Omega world title match now already, figuring they wanted to win for whatever reason. And now you find this news out, and that now leads me more to believe, okay, maybe Mox is taking time off, or, or, or you know, time off from AEW, or he's going to Japan to get a Japan loop in before Renee's further along, something. But I really feel like this kind of gives us a glimpse into the booking of, of that Moxie will disappear for a little bit from AEW. Yeah, I mean, I think it was Meltzer that reported last week that they were, I mean, the plan was to have this match. Like, they were uh, planning on going through with it. Um, it, it seems, I mean, it, that that show would pop a huge rating. And last year, uh, AEW ratings were terrible in December. They did their worst ratings uh, in their history last December. And they were getting beat by NXT. I think they got beaten twice in the demo by them which, you know, never happens. Um, so I don't know if it's just a way to pop up their rating and this is just a one-week swerve or, or what's going on, but it did feel like they were uh, they were delaying the match. It, it did. I do got to ask you this. Um, was that the most subtle breaking the news of a pregnancy in the body of a wrestling show ever? Like, Yeah, I mean, I... <laughs> most low-key. Yeah, it... it... And again, I, I question. I mean, again, I mean, it's not happy for them. I question was, was that a great move to do? Because again, that's all anybody's talking about. And again, it was a really good promo. And we have some drama leading up to this match, which we'll talk to in a second when we get to the contracts on. I just, I don't know. It's just that that's dominating this, the headlines. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, these two. You know, this Renee's so well liked by fans and by her colleagues in the industry, and everybody's kind of, for the most part, I think, pretty captivated by her and moxie being married because there's their on-screen characters are such polar opposites so everybody's like happy and talking about it. i'm like it's almost like again they just are forgetting that he actually cut a promo a good promo pumping this match up right yeah yeah no that kind of set wrestling twitter uh, on fire there um more than anything i think on either show yeah and uh you know they they followed that you know in wwe they featured it on their storylines and also on total divas so yeah it's not a uh yeah, it's well-known between both companies. So uh, up next, we get Orange Cassidy up against Kip Sabian. Uh, Miro is on commentary. And uh, this, uh, a good match, but I, I got I can't help but, I can't help a little bit but feel. Orange Cassidy, well, Orange Cassidy gets the win, and then right after he gets the win, um, we then see uh, Miro hits the ring immediately, and, and they try to two-on-one Cassidy, and just before they can really do that, Effectively, here comes the rest of best friends. So uh, setting up again, continuing to you know set up uh, and, and build to this the, the feud between these two groups. It feels like everybody's in a trio or a faction. Literally, yeah, everybody there's, is. There's too many. And there's more of it. Would again, we'll touch on this as we go. There's more. Every, literally, everybody is gang aligned. Right. Um, Orange Cat again. The, he's entertaining, but I do feel like some of the the this specialness is starting to wear off because we're seeing him in too many regular situations, just having regular one-on-one matches. And he's, he's, he's talking more, he's moving more, you know, I don't know. Maybe yeah. It's just me. I agree 100%. Um, I, I, I think the more he's wrestling, 
the less special each appearance is. He's kind of a special attraction in a way, shouldn't be on that much. And they got so many wrestlers that you don't need them on that often. So I agree. I, I feel like less is more with Orange Cassidy. Yeah, I, yeah, it, it's yeah, right. Less is more, and um, I, I, you know, I know obviously they haven't been in arenas, you know, in, in so long, like anybody. But I just I think back to when they were in arenas, the pops this guy would get when he would finally just do one little thing because he was so stone silent and still. Um, and and you know, it was good to see him get the run with Jericho there and. That kind of gave that kind of gave him credibility that he can wrestle, and how I think they're taking it to like a, a little bit too far. Yeah, you, you don't want to make him just another wrestler. He's uh, he's got a real cool. He's got one of those gimmicks that you could show to your friends. I don't know if it, it would suck him in, but they would think it was you know they'd be impressed. They'd be like at, at the very least they would find it amusing. So right. I think it, it's good to protect that. Absolutely. All right, contract time. Uh, time to sign the contract between. Kenny Omega and John Moxley. Uh, Omega introduced first by Tony Schiavone. He gets the big, you know, th- this new entrance that they've been going with. They, even introducing him as the cleaner, Kenny Omega. He's got the the video and J- Justin Roberts doing the voiceover, and then we got the girls out there doing the dance. And uh, he comes out, yeah, and he's you know he looks he looks like a, he looks a million bucks. He's in a suit, got the shades on, looking cool as a cucumber. Um, then they introduce for like, they introduce for Moxley. He doesn't show up, and then we see the camera in the back that. Uh, Moxley has been just knocked out. He's <clears throat> unconscious on the ground and I think some blood even. And they're all attending to him and just complete, you know, unknown of what's what's happened here. And uh, basically, Shivani asking Omega, do you have any thoughts about this? What do you think about this? And uh, Omega just kind of, oh, he's John, you're not going to avoid this one. You know, we're, we, you know we've, been, we've been trying to fight before and injuries are coming to play and you're not going to you're not going to avoid me. And he signs a contract and that's that. So I mean, is this a setup for Mox not even making it to the match? That's kind of, I mean, otherwise it seemed kind of pointless. Um, yeah. Unless they're doing, he goes into the match injured, so Omega wins, and it kind of gives him an out, and then he takes time off to, to go do New Japan and do Wrestle Kingdom. Uh, that, that or unless we, you know, we see security footage or moxley comes to tell us that like it was omega who laid them out and they're trying to just get some 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 real bad guy you know chicken shit behind omega i don't know yeah i think there's other ways to do that than you know the guy laid out backstage i feel like that's starting to get a little overdone and yeah. um you know they just did that with matt hardy um they've done it in the past as well wwe has done it so i don't know um yeah, we'll see. That's that's the other. I mean, I, we'll be able to talk about it as the weeks go on. I mean, if Kenny Omega, what what is what is his character like? If, if he if he if, if he beats Moxley, is he? Are they? Do they want him to be the top guy who's a heel, or do they want him to be the? Or, or is he a face? Like, what, how do you interpret him? Yeah, I mean, they've kind of had him in this tweener stage for a while. Kind of Adam Page as well, and while most of the other people on the roster, you know, are either pretty much a clear-cut healer, clear-cut babyface. So I think Omega right now, he should be a total heel. I think um, his character had been floundering. It's been inconsistent, you know, the last month or so, pretty much since All Out. Like a couple weeks he's heelish, then he's buddies with the Young Bucks and helping him out, and then he's coming out in his gym shorts again. And then, you know, this week he's got the shades and looking like a a badass. So, um, 
I think he just needs to get consistent with that. Yeah, and I think going back to what we talked about earlier, I think some consistency up in the top of the, of the card here it w- will help them. You know, one of the super chats earlier said kind of meh, and I don't know if I go as far as meh, but I kind of I do feel like a little bit of a decline in in intensity, and and so you know, moving Jericho out of that top picture, and you know, I, I think it, I think I think there is something missing in the in the main event picture for for AEW. Yeah, I mean, if if the goal down the line is to build Adam Page as a top babyface, you need you, it. It really helps to have Omega as a top heel, and uh, and that would be my guess. Omega beats uh, Moxley, and then they go to Omega, um, Omega and Page, and and Page finally beats him for the title. But that's just me speculating. All right, uh, next up we get part two of the Inner Circle in Vegas, and this is really where the Hangover stuff uh, comes in big. We see them all on the rooftop, all tipsy, drinking out of a. Uh, they're in bottles. They got an Elvis impersonator up there, uh, and then uh, MJF proceeds to cut the uh, for you Hangover fans, the Allen. You know, we're all blood brothers, uh, Wolfpack. <laughs> Sammy's getting ready to <laughs> cut his hand to make it official. They stop him before they do that, and then we cut to the next morning uh, after their their night. And Jericho wakes up with the Elvis impersonator, and uh, MJF <laughs> is in a bathtub. Sammy's sitting in a fountain. Uh, somebody wrote all over him, or Sammy wrote all over MJF's face. You're soft. I was here. Um, Sammy got married to three. Sammy women. got married to three <laughs> women. Um, uh, we see a bunch of we see Santana sitting in the lobby feeding a bunch of chickens that are roaming around, uh, and then they hear uh, the crying of a baby, and they open up a door, and there is Hornswoggle in a diaper. Uh, and Ortiz apparently was used like on on Molly or something. He was just you know yeah. doing weights yeah uh, yeah like a madman yeah. and actually if you can if you take a look if you watch it back you can you can spy a, a wardlow passed out on a piano uh <laughs> in one of the rooms so very fun stuff so uh, and then actually they come back and they have jericho there live at daily center on commentary real quick just saying he has a headache and he just got back from the trip and he's pumping uh, he and jake hager next week against uh, scu so uh they're gonna slow build this I mean, which I which I think is absolutely the perfect thing to do. It, it can get you can kill so much. You can kill so many weeks and have so much creative fun with this. Uh, they're going to slow burn this Jericho uh, MJF thing. Yeah, and as they should. Um, I thought they did it the first match too soon, but you know this is some of the most entertaining stuff in my opinion. And as just far as just easy to watch entertainment, I think it's the most entertaining stuff uh, on on any of the shows right now. Uh, as far as intense, like high level stuff, I still think it's the Roman stuff on on SmackDown. Yeah, no, I would agree with that. Uh, okay, so back to action. We get uh, Pack, who's back having his first uh, match in AEW, uh, two hundred and fifty two days to be exact, and he goes up against the Blade. Of course, has Bunny and Butcher out there. Eddie Kingston's on commentary. Of course, as you guys remember, that's how they ended Dynamite last week. Was Pack or Pack coming back and uh, upset at how Kingston has. Uh, drawing a wedge between the brothers Phoenix and Penta. And so we get a match here. Um, uh, good to see both back. Or good to see Pack back, excuse me. Uh, Pack ends up getting the win via submission. And then after that, uh, Eddie, Kingston come, Eddie Kingston starts uh, ta- taunting at him. Butcher uh, beats him down. Uh, Kingston's in the ring. Uh, they're all uh, beaten up and, and, and holding down Pack. Here comes Phoenix. Phoenix starts to get beaten down. And so now it's like, well, where's Penta? Where's Penta? Here comes Penta. He's got a chair. Who's he going to choose and side with? Uh, his alliance with Kingston or his uh, shaky relationship that it's been with his brother Phoenix, and he ultimately cho- uh, chooses Phoenix and 
pack. So the original Death Triangle is back, uh, looking like they're heading again. Another trio now. Kingston, a trio with uh, Butcher and Blade. Um, so that's yeah, where we're going. yeah, and yeah, we, and we'll get to Brandy and stuff later too, because that seems like another trio, kind of mm-hmm. with Vicky, uh, Nyla, and and uh, Jade. Um, yeah, I mean. Pack looked good. He looked awesome. Uh, I'm a big Pack fan. I think it's great that he's back. So it, it just uh, strengthens your roster. But you know, kind of to the point, I, it, there's too many many factions. You know, with best friends and and Pack is just seems like one of those characters that he doesn't need anybody. Like he'd just be that kind of loner type that's just out you know for himself. So I don't know. We'll, we'll see where it goes. I mean, they, they had started the death triangle before uh, the pandemic hit, like right before, and, and weren't able to go with it. So so we'll see where they go. But it, it seems like he doesn't need it. No, I would agree with that. Marie Johnson, $5. Is Kenny going to be with FTR? All his promos lately had some kind of mention of North Carolina. Um, I think that's a spoof on Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan used to play for North Carolina, right? And that correct. his entrance when he would come out. So I think that's a that's a play on that. Oh, yeah, he was a walk-on at the University of North Carolina. In fact. Yeah. Uh, Louis 13, 499. Tony saying, look at Pac's body, Eddie saying Paul's. After telling JR it's 2020, not a big deal, but sloppy by Eddie. Paul's is a slang or term in uh, New York City. Um, I, I, I don't even know if I heard the commentary because I might have been, I might have the volume up on NXT at the time, so. Yeah, I no, I listening to, I, I was listening to Eddie. I, I mean, Eddie just sounds natural. He doesn't sound like he's worried about what he's gonna say you know or or saying the wrong thing i mean he, he might be worried about not cussing but other than that uh that guy can go yeah and again and i know i got i got slammed by the the hardcores that, that, that the people that like search for comments and tweets days after like I, I kept getting hammered on like four days later and we've talked about it on this podcast before and i noted about it with at full gear eddie can talk eddie can work I just wish his appearance of his ring gear when he's working. And I know, I know he was paying homage to this guy and this right. and that. Like, I don't care. It, it, it's a visual business and you should I, like, okay, pay homage. But like, it, I think everything needs to align. You know, the undertaker can't have the music walk slow and come out wearing spandex looking like he's getting ready to do a Pilates class. You know, he had to wear right. all black. Right. Like, I, the way Eddie dresses like tonight, you, you know, work, you know, Timberland work boots and, and, and the jewelry and right. like, he he dresses like he sounds and like what I believe he probably just dresses in his everyday life. So why is he when he when he wears the traditional wrestling of gear and uh, that again he's paying respect. Tim he Misawa. looks he looks like he's playing wrestler, and that is not what I want from somebody who doesn't who doesn't fall in the category of fake. He's not fake. I just so I just I just need that to happen. I just feel like the identity that that that, that visually just doesn't look right. Yeah, no, you know, I I made the point that same night, like he could have been paying homage to Randy Savage, but you know, if he came out with that tight shirt with stars on it and pink, uh, you know, uh, pink tights with stars and purple uh, or yellow spandex, it it just, I'm a huge Randy Savage fan. I love the thought of paying tribute to him, but that wouldn't have been a good idea either. I mean, it's, you got to look the part. And you're you're on a TV show ultimately. I mean, it's an entertainment show. If you're if a movie is casting someone for that role, and then the wardrobe department came with that, they'd probably get fired right off the bat. Right, and and I always think when you when you want to pay respect, when wrestlers want to pay respect to to other characters, performers, 
pay respect, but in- integrate it right. in what you're already doing with your gear. So like Freddie Kingston, maybe it's if these if, if there's a color scheme that you want to do, maybe wear again wear wear certain colors like that, but do it while still dressing as I just said that he dresses you know for promos or you know like I think Tommy Dreamer is a great example. Tommy Dreamer for his entire since he became Tommy Dreamer got really established in ECW. He's always had the pants. And then, you know, if he wears it with a T-shirt or not a T-shirt, depending on what age Tommy Dreamer. So, like, when he wanted to pay homage to Dusty Rhodes, what did he do? He came up with the black and gold polka dot Dusty, still his pants and the gear he wears, but it's a way to pay homage. Dust, or, Tommy Dreamer didn't start coming out wearing uh, the single, you know, uh, short tights and having his legs and everything. Out. Like, he didn't totally change up his ring gear. He just adopted the color scheme and some logos and some some homage to, to pay to Dusty. And there's a million other cases you can make of guys and girls finding little ways to take color scheme or appearance yeah. work it into their gear that, that fits their identity and that's what i'm trying to get at with the eddie kingston stuff. exactly or do the tiger driver 91 you know something like that you know do do one of his moves uh shooter mcgavin uh two dollars two euros i believe uh AEW has more factions than the wanderers movie <laughs> i've never saw that but uh, i, I like the shooter it. mcgavin reference oh absolutely <laughs> shooter um so then we get to backstage more chaos security is just a miss tonight at the daily center uh, as we see Jade Cargill, she's got Brandy Rhodes on the ground, her arm wrapped around a steel chair with Vicky Guerrero and Nyla Rose holding the referees back. Uh, Jade uh, talking some smack, and then she steps on the chair, you know, trying to you know break the arm, something similar to what we saw FTR do a couple weeks ago, which commentary notes, in fact. Uh, and Jade goes off with, uh, with Nyla and, and uh, Vicky, and some other babyface ladies come to... Brandy's aid. So again, uh, the trios continue. Yeah, yeah. Jade Cargill. Jade Cargill looks good. She she looked like a she looks like a star. She pilmanized Brandy's arm there. <laughs> um, Brandy's another one where she's kind of a baby face one week and and he and then she's coming out managing a heel then yeah. wrestling like a baby face. I know she really wants to be a heel, but she's such a good baby face. She's great in that role, and she does she doesn't need to manage someone all the time. Just, yeah. um, I, I agree with you. She she's a much more believable and natural babyface. I mean, hell, she's the you know she's a, the chief brand officer, so it just feels more natural. I mean, you know, it's it, it's it's kind of like like Stephanie McMahon is such a good heel. I get that they always let her be heel because she, people just loved they love to hate on the character. And she plays it so well, so I get that she plays that heel and then flips the switch and is the smiling, positive you know uh, brand brand. Executive Even that she I don't is. like. You know? Well, well, yeah, you don't. I mean, but again, I, 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 if Brandy had Stephanie's heel chops, then I could see. Okay, we got to have Brandy out there as a heel, but she doesn't, and she's she's a natural babyface. So yeah, I get it. It's like they've been throwing darts to get Brandy on TV. You know, they tried to at first, you know, have the deal with her and Kong and and all of them, and they're cutting hair, and then that got scrapped, and then yeah, then she's out there with Cody and then, oh, and now so then she's managing this, you know, it's like they just, they want her on TV, but they can't find right. <laughs> that, that lane. Yeah. Um, and I hope they do. Cause again, she's a good baby face. And so. she, I mean, she showed last week, she cut a hell of a promo. So she's got, she's got character. She's got Mike skills and she can go. She just needs to find the right thing and stay consistent. Uh, super chat here from JK Broadstock 93 Miro versus Omega could be a huge title match money uh, thoughts they're a long way away from that you know again they're just at least to Raj and I they're just starting to kind of feel like they're getting Kenny in a lane he's finding himself finding a, a, a pattern 
And I mean, Miro, and I'm a huge Miro. I was a huge Rusev fan. I was excited for him to be in AEW. I just, yeah, they're a long way away from getting him in world title material pictures. Yeah, he feels like less of a star than when he was in WWE um, with the way he's being used right now. And I'm talking about WWE at the end when he's getting squashed by Lashley. Um, just by being Kip Sabian's sidekick with the video games, I, I mean, they can turn it around and he he looks like a beast, but he's kind of an after, he's a total afterthought right now. So, Yeah, uh, really is. I mean, he came in and just cut that, cut that, promo that was the headline of the night and apparently pissed WWE off and um but then it's after that it's been yeah you know nothing. all right up next we get Serena Deeb uh who is um uh, Serena Deeb's coming in she is going up against Thunder Rosa who is the NWA uh was that backwards no no Serena Deeb's the champion yeah sorry. Serena, Deeb's Serena Deeb is the NWA women's world champion sorry up against the challenger Thunder Rosa um I'll tell you what folks this for my opinion one of the best women's matches that AEW dynamite has ever had yeah um good match but i guess but here's my only i know why they did it but i guess my only complaint is so uh, this really great match um then we all of a sudden we get uh reba's out there rebels out there she distracts the referee onto the floor brit baker appears now brit has been her and donna rosa have been going back and forth really heavily on twitter uh, trash talking each other so brit shows up grabs Rosa, pulls her out onto the, the ramp, and DDT's on the ramp. Now uh, Rosa is just dead weight. Britt throws her back in there, so nobody, nope, you know, Deeb didn't see it, nobody see it, ref didn't see it. And you just think naturally that would just be your finish of like, okay, you know, Britt just blatantly cost Thunder Rosa the match. But once Deeb gets back to Rosa, no, that's not it. Thunder Rosa kicks out, false finish. And then they go for another at least five, six minutes, and so finally, Deeb does hit a, a like a Styles Clash, a modified Styles Clash, and and she gets the win. So Serena Deeb gets the win, and then after the, the replays and everything, then Thunder Rosa coming to, and Britt has since made herself back out at ringside. She's now sitting with the heels on the heel side of the ringside, and and Thunder Rosa goes after her, and then they have a big brawl. <clears throat> I, like I know they wanted Serena Deeb to get more credit for the win, so that's the so they let her, they let it go for a few more minutes. But I just still think like that was just weird I, to me. Yeah, I mean, I so I did like when Britt interfered and uh, Thunder Rosa still kicked out because it we're so trained that that's the finish. You know, outside interference hit hits a move. Uh, that's the finish. I didn't like that it's a DDT on the on the stage because that should be something devastating. Um, yeah, I mean, she she went. I mean, Thunder Rosa sold her great. She went dead weight. She went. I mean, like to the point of like where Britt actually even had. You could if you watch it back. Britt struggled for a second because like Thunder Rosa like made a point to just go dead weight. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the the only other problem I had with this match is I think this was one of the best women's matches on Dynamite since they started uh, on the show, yeah. and it's an NWA match. You know what I mean? Um, it's it's not branded as an AEW match, and again, they're just their own women's division is kind of just floundering and, and they're people watching the show. They're like, Oh, the NWA, they, their women can really go they, they're This is a great match. So I don't know. I, I thought I didn't like that. And I agree with you with Britt Baker going back to ringside. That was just kind of odd, but yeah, I mean, clearly they're going with Britt Baker feuding with uh, Thunder Rosa next. And I think that'll actually be really good. That will be, and, I, and I'll give credit to commentary. I thought commentary did a nice job. 
uh, when Rosa starts attacking Britt, commentary actually at least kind of acknowledged like Britt came back out here. The, the, the nerve, the balls of her to like think that she could just <laughs> like just you know kind of like almost just taunting it essentially. Right. So I mean you know, that makes it sound better. Uh, it was it was it was odd, but it was or just like Raj said, normally the formula would be outside interference, finish, that's it. But um, yeah. yeah, the brawl, the brawl was good between both, uh, both Brit and Thunder Rosa. Uh, Brett Murphy didn't watch AEW, but Miro's video game segment is the true definition of Rod's Raj's favorite word. Uh, are we allowed to say it? Yeah, go ahead. No, fuckery. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that, that's your no, favorite for word. Sure. I, well, I, I haven't used it as much lately, but it it, it is. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Four ninety nine from our pal Jackson Callant, nostalgic uh, nod to. SES with the go to sleep attempt. Uh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Serena Deeb, uh, yeah, went with the GTS. Oh, the Street Edge Society. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I'm sitting there trying to figure out acronyms like SES. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. When she was in the Straight Edge Society, had her head shaved. Um, yeah, that was that was pretty cool and and good catch on Jr's part because you know J. I don't even know if Jr was with the company when. Uh, yeah. SES was a thing, or like or as a commentator, and you hear the people in the company that, that work there don't really watch the shows unless they have to. So. Um, that would have been. It's 2012. No, yeah. earlier than that, I think. 2012, 2000, Rumble 2011, Rumble 2011. So January 2011, Punk had Mason Ryan with him. I think Straight Edge Society was more like 09 or 2010. Okay. That was his first heel turn, right? Yeah. 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 Uh, so, yeah, a decade ago. So, yeah, I mean, so JR, so I guess at that point, JR was, um, yeah, I mean, he was pretty much off. I think, I think he maybe, I think they brought him on maybe like a big mania match every now and again at that point, but Michael Cole was clearly the, right, the, the main guy. Yeah. Um, all right. After all the shenanigans with the women, uh, we get a promo with, um, uh, Matt's favorite, who's not here. I guess he's, not not making uh, Matt's favorite John Silver and Anna Jay and basically they say that Anna Jay you know last time that she went up against um, Sheeta uh, she was a rookie and Sheeta took advantage of her as a rookie and now Anna Jay is ranked uh, f- number five in the AEW women's rankings and so Mr. Brody Lee called Tony Khan and demanded Anna Jay get a women's title shot and that's what's going to happen next week on Dynamite. So Anna Jay, I, uh, John Silver, I know he's getting a big fo- following from BTE, but if you don't see it, I don't, I, I didn't see it in this promo with John Silver, but I did with Anna Jay. I thought Anna Jay just really came across like a star. Her promo, uh, she had like, you know, some cliche lines, but they, she delivered it really well to yeah. where, uh, I thought, I thought she, it was great. Um, it seems early, but I almost think, you should have her beat Sheeta for the title. I think it needs I, a spark. I wouldn't have a problem with that. I mean, uh, again, she. <laughs> this sounds like I hate everything that's in Japanese wrestling. I'm listening to myself here. I mean, I, and I and I don't. That has, that's not right. the agenda. I just. But again, I'm just I'm just looking from a standpoint of. I don't know. Sheeta hasn't. I, I don't. Buy, I don't. I don't know. I don't buy into Sheeta. I just haven't. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, 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 she doesn't really have that charisma. Um, whereas, you know, Riho did. If, if you know, we want to talk about Joshi Talent, I thought Riho really did, and Riho was great in that role. I think Nyla Rose probably should have won the title since she's with Vicky Guerrero now. But it, it needs a spark. 
Yeah. Uh, real quick, Jackson Collins saying uh, Straight Edge Society debuted November of 09 and disbanded in December, December of 10, 2010. I didn't realize they were together that long. And Google's great. <laughs> uh, look up the CM Punk, uh, do CM Punk Riot Cow Palace um, on YouTube. And there is a great video of CM Punk doing the Straight Edge Society gimmick at the Cow Palace in San Francisco before his match with The Undertaker. And he got just insane heat where it looked like a riot was going to break out. And they had to cue The Undertaker's music early because uh, it was getting so heated in there. And that's, uh, that's on YouTube? Yeah, that's on YouTube. But yeah, that's when he was with the Straight Edge Society. And man, he was just, he was awesome. Yeah. I mean, I can, yeah, that was, that was good stuff. It was, it was good stuff, you know, what they did with Deeb and then having, taking, taking, uh, you know, Gallows and, you know, who had previously been Festus and been saying that it was, you know, drug induced essentially. And uh, that's why he was Festus. And I mean, it was, it was good stuff. Uh, it was good shit. All right. Uh, good finally. Shit, good shit, pal. Main event, uh, we have the AEW TNT champion Darby Allen teaming up with Cody, going up against FTW champion Brian Cage and Ricky Starks. Uh, th- you know, look, this exactly what needed to happen happened, which was, you know, Team Taz needed to win, I thought, and they get it. And again, obviously, there's no title that's being changed hands here, and uh, it's a tag match, so that's always that always allows for room to, to let guys be protected. Uh, but also, we get... Um, Brian Cage gets gets the win uh, on uh, on Darby Allen, so they get the victory. And then after the fact, uh, post match, they're they're looking to to uh, Team Taz looking to beat them down. And then here comes Will Hobbs, who's got a chair. It looks like he's just even the numbers. And then Will Will Hobbs uh, knocks out uh, Taz, or actually, knocks out Cody, and he has joined. Uh, it looks like he's joined Team Taz officially. I, I liked it. I liked everything about it. I liked the Will Hobbs turn. I didn't see that coming. Um, um, sorry, I'm. Uh, you look distracted. <laughs> I'm getting some text from Matt. Um, Where's he at? He he, he had some work stuff. Um, okay. But uh, he's saying he could jump on, but he didn't get to watch the full show. Um, so you guys in the chat, let let us know if you want to just uh, ask general questions, and we can. Ha- and uh, I think he'll be happy. Well, to tell him we're already done. With, we're already done with AEW. Um, <laughs> we just spent forty-five minutes on it. We're done. <laughs> I'm done. Yeah. Uh, all right. Um, so the Hobbs turn was great. The only thing I would have changed is I would have had Cody take the fall. Like Darby just won the title. This is yeah. his first match. I don't know if he had a match on Dark. I don't get to watch Dark every week. But um, since this was his first match as champion. I don't think he should have been beat. Cody can get beat and it doesn't do anything to him. I, you, you shouldn't overbeat, you know, you shouldn't beat him too much. But uh, in this case, I think Brian Cage pinning Cody, it, it does more for Cage. That, that's the only thing I would have changed. But I thought this match was great. And uh, I really liked that turn. I thought it was a strong way to end the show. I, mean, I, I, I agree. It, 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 just what you said there, because I, I remember thinking to myself as we went into that match and then I'm looking at NXT side by side. I'm like, okay, NXT's got this great women's match they're fin- finishing with with a match and then we still have whatever finn's gonna say or do i remember thinking like what's what ending could happen to this AEW tag match it's like a big bang to go out on so yeah having kind of making a new heel uh having an addition to the team taz a turn i thought it was a, a real smart move and, and i also agree you know yeah darby just won it darby was a guy prior to winning it you know we said many weeks on here like how often they were just kind of beating him and you know and he's got such star potential so 
but yeah, yeah, absolutely. Maybe um, yeah, exactly. Uh, overall, super entertaining show. Um, easy, easy to watch, top to bottom. Um, you know, so yeah, I thought it was really good. Tina Miller. <laughs> if Cody has thirty five thousand friends who accompany him to the ring, why do they not come out to help him when he's getting killed? Cody needs new friends. That's a good point. Uh, Shooter McGavin saying, uh, in 2015, Miro drove to the ring in a tank at WrestleMania. In 2020, he is crying over a game of Pac Man. <laughs> Can't wait to hear his best man speech. Uh, shaming gaming. Uh, great. <laughs> That's pretty good. hashtag. Uh, Matt, I, I, I let people know you had to work late tonight. You weren't able to catch all of the shows, but uh, I figure we could, yeah. uh, when we talk about Survivor Series and some of the news, you could uh, definitely chime right. chi- chi- on, and we're getting a lot of s- chats for you, too. Okay. Sorry. No worries. All right, so that was AEW Dynamite. Uh, so again, they're on their move to <laughs> December second. With uh, what, what are they calling that the episode of Dynamite? Raj, winter is coming. Yeah, winter is coming. A little Game of Thrones reference. All right. All right, so let's jump over to NXT. Uh, coming to you, of course, from the Capital Wrestling Center, and we kick it off with uh, another uh, a, a repeat of the week prior, but now a different champion is the NXT North American Champion Leon Ruff, who of course won it from Johnny Gargano last week, up against Johnny Gargano, uh, who's just pissed about this. And this is another great little wrinkle to the story. They're having this competitive match. Gargano's having his struggles with Ruff. Uh, but we think that he might have, and then all of a sudden, what happens? Here comes Damian Priest out. Damian Priest has Ruff on the outside and just stiffly punches Ruff to the ground. And that, of course, causes a DQ. So Leon Ruff wins by DQ, and Johnny Gargano <clears throat> is pissed because he just missed out on winning his title back. That's not nothing for nothing. That's that's, that's freaking hilarious. That's entertaining. Um and to and to see Gar, and to, you know Gargano goes berserk and bonkers over it. It's really good storytelling, actually. It it reminds me so much of the one two three kid Razor Ramon storyline where you had the big upset. Then remember Razor Ramon had to put up like fifteen thousand dollars yeah, to get the rematch, yeah. and then uh, kid just took the money and ran. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I mean it's it, it's entertaining, and you, you know with NXT you don't get a lot of that, like the right. The kind of comedy and, and uh, yeah. just lightheartedness a little bit, and and I, I can see people arguing that you shouldn't have that for a title, but I, I found myself getting getting a kick out of it. Plus, it was one of those matches where you could see it going either way. You could see them having Gargano win it back, or Ruff holding on to it. So it, it did kind of keep your interest on on who was going to win. And Ruff did some really cool stuff in that match. He did, and then they started with the comedy because when Priest, right before Priest decks him, he looks at him and go and very audibly goes, "Sorry, kid," and then he knocks yeah. him out. And then when the ref calls for the bell and he and he says, "Ruff wins by DQ," Johnny Gargano, whose whose nickname is Johnny Wrestling, is screaming, "What does that mean? What does that mean?" <laughs> like as if he's forgot the rules of wrestling of what a DQ means, right. and the title can't change hands. Um, so it goes up, and and this is the start of it. It's going to go on through the rest of the night, and they pick up the intensity and seriousness, which helps Leon Ruff, which we'll get to as as we go here. Um, so we tease what's coming up throughout the night. Uh, we get a blindfold match between Cameron Grimes and Dexter Loomis. Um, so these two guys doing the whole blindfold thing until eventually uh, Grimes ends up accidentally uh, hitting the referee, takes his mask off, realizing that he hit the referee. So now he tries to keep his hood off. And to go attack Loomis, he's telling the crowd to be quiet, but uh, that does not work as Dexter Loomis still able to manhandle Cameron Grimes. 
uh, mask on or max mask off. Uh, eventually, though, Grimes end up, ends up just basically retreating and going to the crowd, and so we get a no contest essentially. <clears throat> Again, another kind of a comedy segment, I guess you'd call it. Um, entertaining. It was another, yeah, another entertaining segment. Um, is this the first blindfold match since uh, Jake the Snake and and the model at WrestleMania? I think is seven. Daniel Bryan had to wear one once. Yeah, they've had to do one since. WrestleMania seven was ninety one. They've had to have one since ninety one. I cannot think Dan- of any. Daniel Bryan had to wear one in a tag match as, as part of Team Hell No, I remember. But it wasn't like what you're saying, a straight-up match. Right. All right, someone in the Super Chat, if you could think of any, let us know. Well, what I was interested to see here was, like, a blind... I mean, they have a couple fans there, but, like, a blindfold match so heavily relies on, like, the fans kind of, like... You know he's over there. Like, I don't. You know what I mean? It's like it was. So I was like, I wonder how this is going to come off. But I, they pulled it off. They they didn't keep him blindfolded for too long. And you know what? It's interesting with the crowd noise tonight. Uh, in that main event segment at the end, between I'm guessing they had piped in noise as well as the crowd noise at ringside. But yeah. that was the loudest. Like <laughs> NXT crowd has sounded like this whole time. Uh, you know, as far as the the USA show goes. Yeah. yeah. No, it was loud. All right, so moving backstage to get the uh, get the yeah. Leon Ruff stuff. Good call, Tammy. Triple H and D'Lo. They had one on Raw. Good call. Oh, I forgot about that one. Yeah, Triple H and D'Lo. Um, so backstage, William Regal's kind of uh, he's pissed off at Damian Priest for for kind of ruining the title match like that. Priest kind of like, oh, it's just joking around, you know, you know, and basically at some point, kind of basically says, you know, Ruff's kind of a bit of a joke of a champion. So like, let's not get all worked up about this. Well, Leon Ruff hears this. Approaches Priest, uh, confronts him, and Priest tries to like say no, no, you don't understand. And then Ruff hauls off and smacks Priest, you know, like saying, I, "I'm no joke. I'm not anybody's joke." And you'll, you'll, all, and all of y'all will learn. So, uh, I like this. Add another wrinkle here is that Leon Ruff's not going to be just some lackey. How, how long do you think they keep him having the title? Do you think they keep it through Takeover? Well, so I'll just jump to this now. So later on in the night, he basically said he, Leon Ruff gets confronted by William Regal again, and uh, Ruff says, "I'll take on both of them." So next week, I think they're having a triple threat between the three of them. I, I, I could see Leon Ruff because you have the yes. three of them. I can see Leon Ruff winning it. Yeah, me too. Yeah, you have uh, Damian Priest take out Gargano, and and, right, yeah. and Ruff pins him, gets the cheap pin. Whoa, yeah. Matt just disappeared into the darkness. So, uh, so Leon Ruff uh, quickly be I mean, uh, quickly becoming a uh, a major part of this. Um, all right, back from the commercial break, we get a vignette with Shotzi Blackheart. She looks like she's constructing something, and uh, she comes to find out, and she says, "Candace, you better get yourself an army because on Sunday, December sixth, we are going to war." And then we get the official announcement: Takeover War Games twenty twenty will be the next pay per view for NXT Sunday, December sixth. So it should be noted that the Wednesday AEW Dynamite on December second. We'll be going head to head with the Go Home Show for NXT, going go home, uh, you know, doing the Go Home stuff for War Games. So, going to be a big week for the Wednesday night uh, shows. Yeah, I wonder if they're going to have it at the the Thunderdome because I don't think they could fit two cages uh, in the in the Performance Center. Oh, that's a good question, and we'll get to our news later. Come December sixth, where will the Thunderdome be? Yeah, yeah, and so <laughs> it would be a, a way to go out with a bang, I guess. You know. Um, yeah. 
but uh, so it looks like it's going to be Team Shotzi versus Team Candace, obviously, and then also uh, the Undisputed Era versus uh, uh, Pat McAfee's team. And uh, up next, we got kind of an indication of what team uh, what team Lorraine might look like, as we have Candace and Indy Hartwell in a tag match against uh, Casey and Caden. Uh, Casey and Caden, Candace and Indy get the victory. Indy look, I, I think Indy's got such a good look here. We'll put that out. But uh, after the yeah. match. Um, Lorraine standing tall uh, over Carter with uh, with Hartwell, and uh, we we'll get a tease a little bit later of who their partners might be um, for the war games. Sure. Then we get uh, a promo a vignette. Real quick, uh, Matt Tina Miller yeah. saying uh, thanks for reading my work. She appreciates it. Yeah, of course. That was I was not expecting that. Honestly, not to sound insulting or anything, that was really really well done. Actually, Tina Miller, really well done. Kudos. If you guys haven't had a chance, there's a way for you to see what like things on Twitter I like and whatnot. Check out Tina Miller's little write up on Roman Reigns. Very, very well done. Oh, I, I, I saw that about uh, why fans owe him an apology, right? That one. Yes, yes, yeah. very well done. That was good. Yeah. All right, so we get a vignette for Artua Ruiz, uh, who you might recognize from the Raw Underground. So he's come above ground NXT, uh, despite the fact, Raj, that Artua Ruiz was drafted to Raw some weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. Told you. Weak-ass, <laughs> weak-ass draft. Weak-ass. I hate that. Yeah, yeah, I mean, already you have people showing up. I mean, granted, Survivor Series time, but let's let's not act like they're not going to do it anyway. You know? Yeah. So uh, we get Ruiz, uh, who doesn't. He, he gets the vignette, so he gets the hype up vignette. So you think he's going to have a match against like a jobber and just do a quick squash? But no, we come back. He gets the jobber's entrance. He doesn't even get a TV entrance. He's in the ring. <laughs> he's in the <laughs> ring. Kushida gets the entrance, and uh, <clears throat> Kushida beats him. But it was a it was a cool finish. Uh, Ruiz is on. Ruiz is laying on the mat, trying to get like some kind of ankle lock on Kushida, and then Kushida just basically just does a back. A back bridge, uh, pinning Ruiz's uh, shoulders to the mat. So uh, Kushida gets a victory, but they, they tried to protect Ruiz in the process. I guess. You could say. Yeah, he's got kind of a cool look to him. Like, like kind of a, he's got that MMA thing going. So. Yeah. Well, I think he was like an actual like Brazilian. Yeah, he has like yeah, he's got some real credentials. So yeah. yeah. What were you gonna call him? Brazilian what? Well, I didn't know if it was if he had like Brazilian credentials in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu or if he's from Brazil and has like uh, feats of accomplishments in the country. I don't know which one it is, yeah. but I'm sure somebody will correct me tomorrow morning. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> oh yeah. All right. Uh, let's see what do we got. We got the uh, Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez for Ember Moon and Tony Storm. This is where I was going at earlier with how we start to see war games taking, taking hold. This match was hard hitting. First off, Watch this match. It's entertaining. All four ladies can go, and they do not. There ain't no uh, break a nail bullshit here. This they are going at it. Uh, Tony Storm, Ember Moon gets the victory after the match. We see them get attacked by Candice LeRae and Indy Hartwell, um, and and it looks like you know, Candice, uh, Indy, yep. Tony, or excuse me, Candice, Indy, Raquel, and Dakota are going to be a team, and then it would look like uh, Shotzi might have some partners here in uh, Tony Storm and Ember Moon. I think that could be a hell of a match. I think that. Oh hell yeah! And when, when you look, uh, I was going to say when you look at Team Raw versus Team SmackDown at Survivor Series this Sunday, and you know the women's match, and then you look at the NXT match with what they're potentially putting together for War Games, this NXT blows 
<laughs> that Raw versus uh, SmackDown match by uh, by a million miles. It's it's not even close. It should. It should. And almost in, I would argue, almost in any form or connotation. Because if you stack up the rosters of the women's division on Raw and SmackDown versus the NXT roster, it's like, dude, that NXT roster just goes on when you, when you list them all out. Right. It just keeps going, 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 going. Of talents that you want to watch. That mm-hmm. you get their characters, their layered out characters, and really damn good in the ring, obviously too. But wait, wait, yeah. was, was, is it would it be Shotzi's team? Yeah, yeah. So it's Shotzi's, Shotzi's team versus Candice, and I think they're going to do. Um, I don't know what they're going to do with EO. Um, I don't know how I feel about her having her own team. Should I care or no? Well, they're 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 giving her a good yeah, uh, her, they're giving right? her a good push right now. So and yeah. and they got the. They they have have a storyline. I mean, that's the one thing with so many of the women on NXT. They have a storyline. So. Oh my god, yes, it's yeah. true. Yeah. Well, you figure Shotzi's going to have it's teams of four. Shotzi's going to have herself, Tony, and em- Tony Storm, and Ember Moon. So yeah, who would that fourth girl be? Rhea Ripley, maybe. Oh, oh my god, hell of a team right there. Yeah. Um. All right, we'll keep it going here. Uh, we see the SUV show up. Uh, Pat McAfee and crew. They've showed up. They want to hear what Finn has to say. We, and, uh, and the whole night, by the way, they keep pumping. The Finn Balor's not yet there, but he's yeah. coming. What's he going to say? Um. All right, we get a uh, August Gray versus Timothy Thatcher. Uh, Thatcher gets the win after the match, though. Uh, you know, Thatcher's just you know being very disrespectful, and then we get uh, Tommaso Ciampa who comes out. And just staring down Thatcher. And, of course, Champ has been cutting promos in recent weeks saying he doesn't like the conduct of some of the people in the locker room and the lack of respect. And uh, staring down Thatcher, and Thatcher basically just screams, I have no problem with you, and backs, backs himself away. So that seems to be that's going to be Thatcher's first major feud in NXT. Uh, Matt, what, Matt, what do you think? I know you haven't been Can a big th- to be Thatcher guy. No, I haven't. And here's what I was just going to suggest. He needed, they need to put him in that group with, what's his name? He's um, football player pat mcafee pat mcafee i'm dead serious that's the, it's the one thing he's missing his promos um he could be the leader because he'd be the moreover of the three guys that would be in the group i don't know i i think he needs something unless to, unless i'm wrong unless all these fans absolutely love catch can catch scan wrestling and are very entertained by it then i'll shut up but i'm not i'm super bored by him I mean, the the ratings kind of reflect that. They're usually not the best during his segments. So what do you think about that? You know, turning him, putting him with McAfee, and making him like, I don't know. Well, Pete Dunn's well, Pete Dunn's kind of already like you have Oni and yeah. Danny. Pete Dunn's already yeah. that that hard hitting real fighter. I meant of the four, obviously. Sorry, um, but you you don't still can't like what do you call it? like the other group that has four guys? Um, not anymore. Well, I, I think McAfee is probably going to be the fourth guy. Like, I think he's going to yeah. be in that match. Hmm. At least for yeah. war games, he'll he'll be in that one. Yeah, because the, yeah, the payoff, the pay, yeah, because the payoff is Adam Cole kicking the shit out of him in a, in a cage. Yeah, yeah. But after that, you know, you definitely could. But yeah, I agree with you, Matt. Uh, just as a character, it's just not there. So uh, he would definitely benefit. Got a uh, super chat, Shooter McGavin. I think he's asking all three of us. Next four horsewomen, NXT talent only. Dude, you could pick like fucking like five groups of them. Throw the dart. <laughs> throw the dart on the wall. Seriously. You can't go wrong. I mean, Tony Storm, Rhea Ripley, yep. yeah. uh, Io Shirai. I mean, 
it just goes uh, all over. Ember Moon. It, it's so uh, wild that and I know this isn't like brand Johnny, new, but Johnny Wrestling's wife, what's her name? Candace. 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 I mean, there's so many people you could pick. Yeah. It, it's so wild that ten years ago, even six years ago, how shallow the the booking of the women was and the talent they had. You know, I mean, obviously, obviously, ten years ago was brawl and panty matches, and then even six years ago when they were just trying to creep up on the give the divas a chance. How the fact that now in the WWE machine, they are just four, fifth, sixth string loaded with female talent. Yes, and, and what I love is that it's not even a big deal. Like it's not a big deal <laughs> that women are the main event. You don't have to be right. like, yeah, oh, we don't yeah. talk. Yeah, we don't talk about that anymore. It's yeah, just right. become it's become half the shows in a month. Are, the women are in the main event spot, yep. and we don't even look different to that now right and sasha versus bailey we mentioned it uh last week it was the most watched women's match in wrestling since uh the pandemic wow wow um all right so uh did i say most watched women's match is is the most watched match 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 in general wow all right so yeah we come to find out uh or so we get i'm sorry um so I kind of got ahead of myself earlier. So we get Damian Priest in a match. Uh, he's he's out there in a quick uh, quick match. Uh, Leon Ruff's out there. Gargano's out there. Uh, shenanigans ensue. Uh, ultimately, that's, again, what leads to Leon Ruff basically uh, telling William Regal, I don't care. I'll go against both of them. We also get a tape of uh, Regal last night. He's trying to go to the home of Boa. This is, we mentioned last week, Boa, you know, the crazy kind of mystery uh, Asian man, the dragon, a lot of lot of mystery smoke and mirrors here. And Boa's freaked out. He's been hung up in his house. He's like, I can't, I can't. Um, referred referred to as a his master and said that she's coming, she's coming. Regal goes, Are you talking about Zia Lee? We haven't seen her in two weeks. Boa says she's not here either. She's she's hiding and she's coming, she's coming. So uh, a mystery of of a higher power. Yeah, teasing someone that- new. Yeah, that was good. That was good that Regal asked that question to get that out of the way for us as well. Yeah, I mean, uh, it, this seems super hokey to me right now, but I'll, I'll, I'll give them a chance to, you know, kind of see where they're going. And if it if it leads to a cool debut or someone new coming in, that's super impressive. Right. And, and it's, Ra- it's worth Raj, it. do we know? We'll I mean, that's, that's especially odd right now in a pandemic with, where international travel is limited. Do we know of any? I would uh, get. Do we know of someone from the performance center? Okay. Has you to know. be somebody here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Bruce Brennan bringing up uh, Dark Side of the Ring season three, doing thirteen episodes, and we'll we'll talk about this more later. But, but yeah, I, I wanted to bring it up because these disappear. But Brian Pillman, Jake the Snake's family, WCW versus North Korea are some of the early ones. They got a China episode as well. So yeah, I mean, I love that show. So I can't wait. Yep. Not a bad episode. Yeah. All right, and uh, now for the main event match of the night: uh, Io Shirai defending her title against. Rhea Ripley, again another just just freaking awesome match here. Multi segment match, uh, you know Rhea's bleeding, you know sp- spots on the table. I mean everything here. I'm not going to go move for move. Go watch it if you didn't see it. Um, ends up ends up after that spot on the table. Uh, Io Shirai ends up doing a moonsault uh, onto the legs of Rhea Ripley, which are already compromised from the match, and uh, and Io Shirai gets the victory in the pin. We do get the babyface kind of treatment after the fact. The two ladies on the ramp, giving the hug, giving the uh, hands up, uh, holding the title, and then that segues immediately into Garg- or, uh, excuse me, Finn Balor finally arriving to the ring, gets right into the ring, cuts a promo, 
talking about uh you know he's been gone and this and that and, and he's basically just interrupted immediately by pat mcafee and company pat mcafee comes out running down all the credentials of all the people that they have uh, uh put on the sideline and attacked and they've dominated and they are controlling nxt to which finn Balor then responds and says you know what it's easy to let the mice play when the cat's gone but the cat's back and look what else i dragged in lights come out lights go off lights back on there's the undisputed era and as Raj noted, Undisputed Era and uh, and Pat McAfee's company uh, group, they just brawl in all over the place. And it, yeah, manufactured or not, it was a loud, big ending to NXT. It felt like a big, uh, just a huge reaction when they came out, whatever they did. And uh, it was cool. It was a it was a hot moment. And, it, you know, closing the show hot. And I, I thought it was great. I thought Pat McAfee was gold. I, I thought uh, the Rhea Ripley match was just awesome with uh with Io Shirai. I mean, you knew it would be. Um I was kind of surprised. I mean, I I didn't think they'd do a title change, but I I was kind of surprised they beat Rhea Ripley again. Um but uh still it was a really great match and just uh, a really good episode of NXT. Jackson Callens 499 says, "Bedtime for me. Thanks guys. I don't watch NXT, but it aired longer tonight than AEW, so I saw the ending." Pat is gold and future is bright. Just a great ending. And I think it's a great point. Again, I said this at the very top of the show. After NXT, they had the Undertaker last ride running on USA Network. Then they have uh, the Miz reality show. So it's all executive produced by Vince and Kevin Dunn. They're controlling USA tonight. So this was a chance for them to really manipulate and do an overrun for NXT. And that's a great point. Will Hobbs does the heel turn. I see it. And then I click over and I saw everything they wanted me to see for the ending of NXT. I really think NXT, I know they need to just do this every week. Do the overrun. If you have the ability to do it with USA, do the overrun. Yeah, for a while there with the overrun, they weren't gaining much. Like, And so I think that's why they stopped. But now, yeah, I agree. Like, I think tonight they probably gained a lot. And then with the last ride airing on free TV after that. And they cut right to it, too. So uh, it'll be interesting to see the ratings tomorrow. For sure. Uh, so... Uh, Raj, what do you what, what do you think for tonight? Uh, I thought I thought both shows were really good. Uh, I'd, I'd give the edge to AEW this week, you know, just because again the 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 Hangover stuff with Jericho, I got a real kick out of that. Um, so yeah, I I I just give a slight nod to AEW. Matt, I'll ask. I know you've been really busy. I need to get to see everything. So I'll just say, right. Matt, for anything you've heard on social, anything you've heard from us, anything you saw, does anything stand out tonight? That, or even something you didn't yeah, see yes, that you want to go see? Yes. Now, I didn't get to see the ending of either show. I didn't get to see the final, final ending. So I don't think turning Will Hobbs heel, like I'm just hearing that from you all, is enough to keep people on that network. No offense to Will Hobbs, but that ain't how you end the show. It puts him in a great position. But in a position that I'm going to stay on that show over what was on with the girls' match and then the overrun with Pat McAfee and company. Yeah, it'll be. I mean, for people who care about ratings, I know a lot of people don't care, but if you do, it'll be interesting. Uh, Super chat here, $5. Crazy screen name, I'm sorry. NKB0321. Do you think they will do Demon Balor versus Karrion Cross when he returned? It's been a while since Demon Balor showed up. No, but they should. Yeah, um, I'd love to see it, but it looks like it really feels like he's just moved on from it, like yes. just done with it. So, I mean, when he does bring it back, it will be huge, but I don't know if he will. Yeah, well, we also don't know when Cross is going to be back. That's the big mystery, too. Um, John Cena's ball spot. 
What are your thoughts on the wrestler saying F Eddie Guerrero on the anniversary of his passing is a way to draw heat? Yeah, I, I forget his name. I saw this on an on a independent show. A wrestler in, tried to use it as cheap heat in his match um, on the day that it was uh, the anniversary of Eddie's death. He since apologized and uh, yeah, I'm, yeah. I mean, Alex Ocean. Um, if you if you know what they're trying to do it for, even though it's in bad taste. You know, that's a wrestler on the indie show trying to shoot for a home run um, and get people talking or whatever have you. It, it's done in a context that's not real. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I don't think it was right. – if he, if he just went on Twitter – yeah, if he went on Twitter and just, like, randomly wrote that, okay, yeah. different story. Yeah, I mean, I think I, – look, I didn't like it when WWE used his death. hated it. I, yeah. We all hated it. But, yeah. like, at the same time, JBL – a lot of people that were super close to him were like defending, like, no, you don't get it. He would be all over this, like flies on shit, you guys. He would love this. Yeah. Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I just wanted to say, I think the devil's advocate to that, because I think you're right. And I, I think, Raj, you're getting ready to go to this. Paul Bear, how they used him in the punk taker stuff. And it's like, Paul would have loved this. I and... love the fact that they showed that and they aired that, showing that, that he would love that. I love that they did that, because I hope it puts in place for other people when others pass on. There are certain talents, Owen being one of them, too, to, to, to a certain degree. Uh, you don't want to use his because of how he died, obviously. But there are so many people that when they did pass, they ate, slept, and drank the business. They loved it. And, and, I, and, I, and, I'm, and I'm, not, I'm not one that's overly sensitive, and I, I, I agree with most all of those examples. I think the, devil, the devil's advocate response to this particular one is yeah. uh, here's a – we'll just say a kid, for lack of a better word, who obviously never met Eddie Guerrero, never worked with Eddie Guerrero. Eddie didn't know him. So it's like it, it's not like it's not like he could say, "Oh, Eddie was my mentor in the business. He would have okayed me using this as a heat." This is a, yeah. a just a kid just randomly trying to just say "f Eddie Guerrero" just to get a cheap. Shooting, he, like I said, he's in a, in a not real world. Yeah, I know. Shooting yeah. for a home run to make himself sound relevant. My thing is, and again with Eddie and with Paul Bearer, yeah, you know these guys know him the best. I'm sure he they would have loved it, but it makes your product look low rent because no, uh, you know, respectful <laughs> entertainment product does that where they would uh, use someone's death and exploit it, uh, and it yeah. just makes wrestling look low rent when you do it. Well, it's not good for this. I mean, look, th- th- this kid Alex Ocean, obviously he got headlines, and we're talking about it right now, but that's going to stay with him. So. If he gets a shot in a tryout for a WWE or an AEW, mainly WWE, you're going to be labeled for a little bit until guys or girls get to know you and know what you're yes. all about. You're going to be yes. labeled as the cheap, heat, the cheap heat Eddie Guerrero guy. Right. Yeah. You know? yeah. So when you got to shake hands with Rey Mysterio backstage, you got to, you know, it's. Right. No, absolutely. Um, all right, so the uh, the big news item I guess we'll get to real quick here before we sign it off. Uh, so the uh, WWE. And also, we'll, we'll do a little Survivor Series talk after the Thunderdome. Okay. Um, so the WWE Thunderdome, it is going to be coming to an end at the Amway Center, but the concept and, and surroundings will continue, and uh, the report is that it's going to be moved over to the Tropicana Field in St. Petersburg, Florida, where the Tampa Bay Rays baseball team will play, and that's where they're going to set up their residency at. They're going to do it there, and they're going to go at least into through Mania season. You know, right now, Major League Baseball is trying to start on time in April, what, whether that happens or not, we'll see. But nonetheless, at least from it seems like December through Mania, they're going to do their programming out of the Tropicana Field, which is obviously significantly larger than what the Amway Center Arena is. And 
So What's, why, why, why? What's so well, good about because that? their lease, well, their their residency with the Amway Center is is expiring, and the Amway Center is going to have to start being used for some uh, minor league hockey and some mm. minor league basketball and, and the NBA and 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 the NBA. So uh, they can't be in there with that setup every Got week. It. So they have to move. Okay. They're going to go to a bigger place to drop in a field, which there's potential, and it also leads me to believe a much bigger place where you can try to make the case to get people in there. I think this sets yeah. up. Almost a guarantee that they're going to try to have the Royal Rumble with fans. Yeah, I mean, you know, if they're going to be there for a while, they could they could do what they're doing with NXT is set up these plastic pods, and then above it you have all the screens. And um, not with these numbers going up, guys. No way. I hope. I want very well, bad Flo- news. It's well, Florida, well, though. well, but Governor DeSantis is encouraging people to go to sporting events. So if you're in Florida and you have this. The square footage of the Tropicana Field is huge, so you could get five thousand people in there and socially distance them. They've gone around the calendar. They've gone around the calendar and had a, an empty arena mania. They've had Money in the Bank, SummerSlam, etc. Rumble is the one that is so fan heavy. Ten, nine, eight. Right. They're going to want fans there for Rumble, and that's going to set the precedent for fans at WrestleMania at Buck Stadium. Yeah, and and Buck Stadium, that's where the Super Bowl is, and they already announced that they're going to have twenty thousand fans there. So. But they're, I guess they're doing the plastic pods there too. So um, I guess WWE could just do something similar. Um, real quick, uh, Survivor Series is this Sunday. Um, you know, when you look at it as a card, it, you know the the top matches could be really good. Uh, real quick, let's run down this: uh, Drew McIntyre versus Roman Reigns. Who do you guys pick? Roman. Roman. I'm gonna go. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go Roman, but do you think he pins Drew or do you think the Miz cashes in? Miz cashes in. Something like that. Takes the pin. Yeah. No, I just think Roman beats him. All right. Oscar versus Sasha. Ooh. Sasha. Sasha. Has to be. <sighs> yeah, I'm going to say Oscar Bailey gets involved. Yeah, that that feels kind of done. She's moved on to Carmella. Sasha Sasha needs another big win. She yeah. always gets screwed over when she does get the title. She needs another big win here. Yeah. Defense. So that'd be those are the two big brand versus brand matches, and that would be two SmackDown wins. Uh, we have the New Day versus the Street Profits. New Day. I don't okay. even care. I don't even care. <laughs> yeah, I think I think New Day just to get. Raw another win. Bobby Lashley versus Sami Zayn. U.S. champion Bobby Lashley versus Intercontinental champion Sami Zayn. Bobby Lashley. Yeah, I think Lashley. Don't care. Yeah, I think Raw gets it. Again, that balances out so far. Um, AJ Styles, Keith Lee, Sheamus, Braun Strowman, Riddle versus Owens, Jey Uso, King Corbin, Seth Rollins, and To Be Announced. One spot. Well, the TBA, I don't know what the hell that means. Like, who this could be. But uh, Raw wins. I'm going to say Raw. Isn't it a huge miss of the boat? You have Survivor Series, and, and you have this freaking faction of Retribution that you're trying to build up for months, and you don't, like, why would it be Raw, SmackDown versus, Raw versus SmackDown versus Retribution? It's too late. It's too late. Oh, and it Retrib- is. Yeah. No, I know, but why would you not go that route? Well, now you don't because, because it's too they late. suck. <laughs> well, no, but why wouldn't you a month ago have built that? I would right, say longer you- than that. Maybe and then you three get, months ago, and then and then retributions teasing in the promos that somebody's 
somebody's defected, and now you're everybody's pointing fingers. Who's defected and is going to turn? If they protect, protected retribution right off the bat, then yes, I think you could have done yes. that. But when they beat they him right did. off the bat, it, it no longer mattered. Right? Yeah. They beat him twice. Um, yeah, and then this, and again, I look at, I compare this match to what NXT is probably going to do with War Games. We got Shayna Baszler, Nia Jax, Lana, Lacey Evans, and Peyton Royce versus Bianca Belair, Ruby Riot, Liv Morgan, and two spots to be announced. That's a 50 yeah. 50 for me. It doesn't matter to me. Um, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it seems like they're putting over Nia okay. and Shayna big. So, so then yeah. those two, there you go. I can see that. Or uh, Bianca is the sole survivor. I think that'd be cool too. You have. I would. Yes. Yeah. Actually, I take that back. That's my pick. Yeah. Lana bumps Naya off the apron. She goes through a table, and uh, it gets rid of her. She gets a little gets a little revenge. So. All right, and then the million dollar question. It's take. They got Savio Vega. They got everybody coming back. Taker's final appearance to the date. To the date, November twenty second, thirty years to the date. What happens? Why? Why are you? <laughs> You're such a mark. You love that, <laughs> Matt. It's my birthday. I love Taker. It's thirty okay, years. Okay, okay. They're building okay. it. What happens? What one happens? of the greatest. One, one of the greatest debuts of all time. Don't bring yes. out your mark identifier to me. <laughs> You're freaking rubbing one out over there. Um, um, I'm saying. I'm hands up say, hands up <laughs> i'm saying listen um he definitely is, he puts over the fiend somehow i'm hoping i'm yeah. hoping and praying i'm hoping and praying and, and, but you and, and I, I kind of agree matt but you know what i i want to ask you real quick i don't think him putting over the fiend means that he has to like let the fiend do something physical to him i think since they've been kind of almost acknowledging the fiend as like this weird fan favorite because he's just so unique I think you could have a moment where Taker's in the ring. Maybe they even maybe he even gets challenged by a bunch of jabronis like Retribution, who the fiend, who the fiend has took out. And you could have a moment where the fiend is also then appears in the ring with Taker. They do away with said jabronis, and they could, Taker they drops could, to a knee, does a does a signal, same, and then the fiend does same a with Bray Wyatt. Yes, yeah, they could end it that way. Uh, like an rub. like an acknowledgement, yes. respect, passing on the yes. torch type of thing. I can see that. That'd be cool. That would be cool. I, I like that idea. Um, yeah. I, I, I personally see Undertaker just beating up all of Retribution or just they do nothing and he just set, does a quick speech and all the wrestlers come out and thank him. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. you know, it's like Ric Flair's retirement when, he, when right. he did it. All right. Well, here's the other question. So we all know that whenever, I mean, they are hyping it. They hyped it in the interview. They, uh, I think Sports Illustrated, like they are hyping. Oh my God. Taker's they're... last thing. Taker's last thing. He's Taker's all over like, the place. And which in wrestling speak is somebody's going to fuck it up and we're setting up a match for mania. So it like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I don't know. I think it's too perfect. The 30th anniversary on the day, you know, and Taker even said in an interview that came out today, we have on wrestling. Inc. You can go read it. He was asked, who's that one? Who's that one character you, you wish you got to work with? And he goes, man, me and the fiend, we could have done something together. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's, I don't know. It's, this is a lot. It's kind of funny that they did have a WrestleMania. They him did. and Bray Wyatt had a WrestleMania match that, that sucked. <laughs> you didn't put him over. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I think uh, that that and those uh, those two matches, Drew versus Roman, Oscar versus Sasha, that that's, makes the event worth it by itself. So, it yes, should, I, I think it should be, uh, it should be good. And New Day versus Street Profits could be really good. 
Yeah. All right. Well, it's been an hour and 22 minutes. I think you got your fix. <laughs> We've done what we're going to do here. Uh, Matt, any final comments? No. No, no, no. Raj? Uh, keep checking out WrestlingInc.com. Tomorrow we got the Young Bucks, an exclusive interview with the Young Bucks on tomorrow's episode of the Wrestling Inc. Daily. Uh, so cool. make sure to check that out. Uh, we've had, as always, big interviews throughout the week. We had Sabio Vega announcing he's going to run for mayor in Puerto Rico. Oh, wow. uh, and some, yeah, some cool stuff. So keep checking out WrestlingInc.com. And I'll be on Wrestling Inc. Daily tomorrow with the Young Bucks. So check me out tomorrow afternoon with Nick. Uh, Friday morning I'll be on Busted Open Radio with Mark Henry and Dave LaGreca. Follow me. Come back here on Friday night after SmackDown as some array of all of us will be there to talk about that. And then, of course, Survivor Series this weekend. Wrestling Inc. will be your place for all your breaking news coming out of that. Thanks for joining us. Uh, Hit like, hit share, hit subscribe, do all the things. Be safe. We are out of here. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure.